I just make you guys feel my leggings, though? They look like butter. They're really soft. Oh, that's the kind you got TJ Maxx. Yep. Yes. And weren't they like... Oh, my word. Welcome to Girls' Night Out. Tonight we have Chrishell. Yep. Jan. Hi. Tammy. Hey. Kelly. Hey. And I'm Jen. And we are talking about the next season, mm-hmm. Fall. Yep. From Mark Buchanan's book. Good old Mark. Spiritual Rhythm. But first, can we just talk about one little thing? Can I just tell you that we went to Panera? Oh, I knew this was going to come up. Because you told me it was. Jen, uh, yes, I warned you. This had to be said. She, you know the little word. bread that comes with your soup? It's not little. It's good. It's fantastic. It is fantastic. So I'm but I didn't have enough points for that. Jen grabs the bread. And proceeds to lean down and rub it. I first it asked all over if you wanted it. First, what? I said, "Do you want this bread?" And she said, "No." And I said, "Are you sure you won't change your mind?" She said, "Yeah." Then she rubs she the bread the all over the floor, <laughs> so she won't eat it. No, but Thank then, you, Tammy. Thank you for stating the obvious. But I'm then, lock all of the <laughs> So then, at the end of the meal, I heard a point on the way. She opens it up, and I'm thinking she's going for the soft parts that didn't touch the floor. Oh no! no so, no. but no. I would have gone for those. Oh, God. So, yes. so, so, therefore, so to keep oh. herself from doing it, she poured her tea. I did. I poured on, some tea into the squid. You know you can change it for an apple, right? Or are you kidding yes, me? You, you don't just rate it for an apple. Oh, my. You can just Do you see how helpful no this podcast bread. is? Yeah, no one easily, will ever like, make easily. the same mistake when as me now. When you're checking out, you yeah. say, hey, can I have an apple yeah. instead of a loaf of or, bread? And they or go, chips, sure. if that felt or like chips. a good choice for a oh child for later. I don't know how you don't know This was that. a new level, though, because yeah. I've yeah. seen her spray Windex on things, yeah. so she won't eat it. <laughs> she didn't have Windex. Okay. It was on the go. She literally leaned over and rubbed it on the floor. You know, they're starving people, right? Yeah, but they weren't with me. He'll, like, put things... Thank coffee you. grounds on them. I, For the record, I this is Jan giving it, me all the support. I need things to make it permanent. A permanent choice. Thank you. you I agree. Oh, that's, that's what right. a trash can. A trash can. can. A trash can. It's a trash it was can. across sitting by the a restaurant. Can. No. See? It would have yeah. interrupted so conversation. You could have kicked it there. It had to be rubbed on the floor. We're sitting over it, so you're not just staring at it. What would you have talked about? She did. So before she poured tea on it, she opened it up and put her bowl on top of it. I smashed my bowl into it, but I realized, like, it's really not inedible. Why didn't just ask for no bread? I mean, if that's what because you're do with when that. I got up to the counter, they had already put it all set out, and oh. then there wasn't someone around. I didn't want to be like, I need you to take this bread back. No, off. you're just gonna roll Pick on the off. floor. Yeah, Rub it. it wasn't his problem. Like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So gross. <laughs> it was oh, worth it. Like, I would do it again. I don't know, but was I would there do a it table again. Nearby, that was just like no. There was just a dog. There was that dog was probably like. Why didn't you go to the dog? The dog would still eat it. It said, don't, don't touch me, don't, don't touch pet me. me. It was whatever, a service you know? dog. Uh, you can't feed a dog. You can't be like, here's my baguette. <laughs> <laughs> if it happened it's to find its way to the floor. Hey, right Rover, now. you got enough points left over? Oh my gosh. Jan fed my dog a cupcake today. It's oh, all fine. Oh my gosh. Your <laughs> poor dog. Oh. <laughs> Not poor. No, he was. She was quite happy. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Same time. She's a much. She can eat anything. It's okay. So yeah. fall. So fall. 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 Yeah. To be clear, I didn't feed it to her. Yeah, that's did you just happen? It fell. Oh, oh, this story is changing. That that's so. impressive. Uh, yeah, Chriselle made hummingbird cupcakes. I heard. Did Julia was telling mm. me about this too. Uh-huh. I just had a craving. But anyway, fall. Fall. A hankering. <laughs> okay, so in fall you get hankerings and you get to feast. Yes. Yeah. The harvest. If right. you have sown. If, if you have you some. True. Yeah. Well, you get to well, feast, feast what you have yeah. some. 
Right. It you just might, might, might be. Or you might be eating, what's that movie where she makes the pie? Oh, yeah, The Help. Yeah. The oh, special pie. Yeah, the special pie. Yeah, that could be what you're facing. Or fried green tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Eating people. Nasty, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a twist that yeah, that's is a, not that's awesome. A fun yeah. Green People. You don't remember? Uh-huh. I mean, I remember they killed the they killed a guy and then they cook him up to the barbecue. And they made restaurant. barbecue out of him and served oh, him. To I the feel guys. like my mom turned it off before that part. <laughs> well, maybe it's like that. Fried green tomatoes. Yeah, you have to she read in between the lines. That's why I couldn't read between yeah. the lines. No. I mean, like the seven. lines are pretty thin. I mean, the lines are pretty thin. Well, but maybe I, I wasn't that astute. I couldn't see a kid. I would. You're too young, is what it is. I was innocent, right? So I must have been like three. Shut up. <laughs> All right, fall. So two things that characterize fall: harvest and reckoning. Those two things don't sound equally fun. Harvest being a time of thanksgiving, acknowledging God as provider, reckoning meaning we reap what we've sown. And we store it up for later. The storing it up part. Storing it up part. Yeah. But, I mean, but yay. Depending on what you stored. Right. So he talks. a good word, though. Yeah. But, yeah. But he talks about sowing either to the flesh or sowing to the spirit. Mm -hmm. So, like, you get to choose. Mm. He talks... He talks about the heart of fall, like the basic emotion is one of expectancy. He specifically says, the heart in fall fills up with anticipation, joyful, dreadful, eager, resigned, has much to do with how we've stewarded our other seasons. You should expect to get out of this time and this experience much more than you put into it. So a lot of people say, you're going to get in you're going to get out of something what you put into it but that's actually not true you're going to put, you're going to get more right like cuz when we plant a seed less. we <clears throat> don't expect to harvest a seed yeah we expect to harvest a plant that gives us more than that so he's saying like you should expect actually to get back more than what you put in the kicker is you should expect to get out of it only the same kind of thing you put in Mm. so like not going to plant a lemon tree Mm. and expect persimmons i don't actually know what persimmons are i mean i've seen them are there's a little they're kind of orange some of them no no you're thinking of they look like a tomato some of them are the shape of a heirloom tomato and then some are the shape of the what are the tomatoes? They, they like look taller? like a coral-colored tomato. Yeah, some of that shape. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but they are coral. And yeah. they are kind of delicious. I've never had them. I'll get you one. Mm. So, what did you guys... like? So, I am still debating on whether or not I'm in fall or spring. I'm still vacillating between those two. I'm frustrated that they don't go in order. Like, it's very difficult <clears throat> yeah. for me to mm-hmm. track with it and then to be like, well, did I just, didn't I just go through a winter though? So then that, so then I'm in spring. But then you realize yeah, that. I think it talks about that in this chapter of like going into spring after the winter. And I was like, well, 
You're messing me all up. <sighs> skipping one yeah, time. So if that's the case, then we know okay. what's coming all the time, and that's not true. You can certainly have things jump. Yeah. Yeah. So... I- Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Doesn't he say, so it's expectancy is yes. false, but hope is spring? Yeah. Right. Those are pretty close. Just tease those, because I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm clear. I think there's more Anyone work in fall than so, in any, any other place. Well, fall. More work in fall than spring? So the hope of spring but I thought spring is, like, yeah, the physics. The hope of spring is that there's a, an anticipation of what is to come, but it's down the road. Mm-hmm. But you're able to see that it's coming. It's not here yet, but you can see that it's coming. I think expectancy, there's a slight little yeah, uh, semantic yeah. situation there. But it's more like I, I'm now in expectation. Of I'm, no, long, I'm no, no longer like hopeful. It's I'm expecting this right now. So it's a time of harvest, like it's coming. Like mm-hmm. you, what you see, you get. You get to reap. Semantically, it's a little. Yeah, I feel like you could be in fall time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I've been sort of. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Possibly. My husband's texting me about the boys' baseball practice. I got two words. Each word has a period at the end. Train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going well. So it's going well. <laughs> First practice of their Are little you season. Sad you're missing that? <laughs> no, I'm really glad. I'm the, that parent that has a really hard time staying quiet just from having like played softball. Oh. I'm like, you need to get me out of there. I don't want to embarrass myself, embarrass mm. them, embarrass the coach. And see, I'm the mom who's sitting there going, what kind of call is that, ump? Yeah. Are you yeah. blind? You want to borrow my glasses? Yeah, y'all. I've seen Dr. Smiley about that trio. stuff. I'm like silent in the That's stand. good. You can roll off on me, please. <laughs> like, apparently, Ron questioned my salvation. After a game? <laughs> After oh, a game. the whole clan. It's really difficult for me not to use names. But the whole clan is questionable. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But Ron, like, Ron came up to me later and he's like, I don't even know. I don't even what know you to do no with baseball what I just that. saw. Like I was like, I don't know what to say. Anyway, yeah. it's it's true, but fall. Well, I had not yet read it, and when I was texting with you last night, yeah, remember, yeah, you made it applicable to me where you were like, "That's the fall," or mm. "That's what." Books talking about yeah so explain this good so um one of my um, wait children. it's funny because i was just looking at this uh-huh. and it's exactly what i was referring to i just didn't realize i had written it down yet so it's talking about sewing sewing to please our sinful nature mm-hmm. and he says i treat lust like a flower not a weed mm. i vent anger instead of controlling it when a seed of greed or anger or of gluttony or of envy or fear germinates, I tend it rather than pluck it and burn it. So he's talking about that's what happens when you are sowing the sinful to the sinful nature. But when does the sowing occur? Like when, when so you vent you throughout anger. all the seasons and then just didn't fall? 
you're starting to realize like well so if you think about it like the storing the reaping the planting yeah maybe within each season you might continue to sow into it but the fall is like the time when you see what has come of it Okay. okay and and know what you have to be able to store up like you see what you have now and therein what's coming yeah, because and like like you pointed out today that he talks about how the fall and and sowing is about past, past, present, and future. Present and future. So it's like inventory. Yeah, like what you have sown, what you are now getting to harvest, and what you will have to store up. But give your example because that was a okay, really good. Yeah. One. So my child has a propensity to be a little rough and he was attempting to play with his baby brother and got it he got too rough and he ended up the baby ended up hitting his head on the tile and had like a goose egg and it just happens often enough that it's like I wanted to just unload on on my kid like just vent out my day and take everything out on him and like I was just so like inside and I I didn't do it but I was very aware of how Mm. intense the feelings that I had were were and how much I wanted to do it and how I could have done it and so I texted Chriselle and I was like ugh, I almost really lost it with this kid tonight and um and Chriselle was like but you didn't like you you sowed self-control and you didn't succumb to the flesh like there was a temptation there that was strong and real but you chose not to do that Mm. and now the next part would be choose to sow into the spirit Mm. so that was perfect for me because I haven't been reading along with you guys I've just been enjoying the conversations about it um, and so he says in the chapter, because then I went and looked at it last night, um, not only, you know, it's a good start that we control ourselves and stop the trajectory mm-hmm. of sin and, <clears throat> you know, deny the flesh. But it's not where we should then stop. Right. Mm-hmm. The next part would be to sow in spirit. Right. Because there, there, your option is either to sow to the sinful nature or if you choose not to sow to the sinful nature and you stay there, you're choosing not to sow anything. Right. So yeah. then you, you need to choose yeah. to sow in the spirit. And for me, what that looked like was today, the next morning, which again, I did not go off on him. But he, I think all kids, and I know he is perceptive enough to have known that where I was coming from was not appropriate. It wasn't like, oh no, an accident happened. What are we going to do? How are you going to handle this? It was like, so he could see that. So then today, sowing in the spirit, and I prayed about it last night and repented and talked to Jesus about how I had felt and then went to him today and just said, hey, last night when you accidentally hurt your little brother, I was really mad and that wasn't fair and I know it was an accident and you're such a good brother and, you know, I do need you to pay really close attention and work hard on being gentle, but I'm really sorry that I was not kind about it. And will you please forgive me? He 
He's like, sure, of course. Which will go so much further in how he handles the baby the next time mm-hmm. than if you had blown up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny how you hear, too, the result. Like, if you, if you preach that narrative to your kid of, like, you're so rough and you're whatever, and then you hear the kids talk about themselves that way. I'm really rough. I'm so, you know, I'm accident prone or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm aggressive or mm-hmm. they really, Curses. yeah, they just yeah. hold yeah. on to it. Yeah, I thought that was cool because your, your actual experience sort of brought everything to life for me in terms of like what was going on in, in the chapter. So it was helpful for me. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm also glad that you didn't lose me it. Too. Me too. Me. And then, well, and then it led us into what happens often for us, which is like the level of healing, because I realized why was I so upset <clears throat> by what I saw in myself? I mean, rightfully because it was sinful and it was too angry and mm-hmm. it was inappropriate but specifically I said that I was afraid that I would cuss like cuss at him and so then I had to ask like okay Lord where did that come from why am I what if I did then what like then I can't be a mom anymore or like what happens if that ever had and and just walking through that because if someone else told me I lost it with my kid and I accidentally cussed at them. Or I cussed at them on purpose because I was so mad and I am so mad at myself for doing it. I would meet them with nothing but grace and be like, look, there's grace. Apologize to your kid. Apologize to the Lord. What? Like, but in my mind, it was like, no, then everything would be ruined. Like, uh-huh. how? And so I'm like, wow, that's really quite a heavy <clears throat> consequence for... Yeah. So then it led into healing and agreements and because you had to like we talked about before figure out whose voice that was attributed to right and the tone the tone yeah tone the accusations and the tone yeah yeah because then for me the lie is then like make sure you never do that because if you do then and it's Mm -hmm. like okay well yeah that's 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 way too (laughs) that goes in the other direction (laughs) nope rein it in yeah Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you're in this chapter right now. Right? She's pointing. I at finished it. I'm, yeah, Tammy, you <laughs> are in this. Cha- you finished it. Yeah. <clears throat> so what was your take? I feel like I got more out of the stuff about Gideon. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, so much more. And I mean, I've talked about this before, and this is the only thing I can think of from falls. I mean, you get into those seasons of, um, like I said, like a lot of um, conviction, not, you know, like, you know, it's from the Lord because in his kindness, he's revealing things to you that, you know, you haven't been aware of before, like in your Mm -hmm. own sin and your own judgment. And so when he's talking about Gideon, um, there was one part, well, one, I just love, I mean, he basically said that like we, paraphrasing, but we free ourselves, but what if our freedom leads other people to freedom? Mm -hmm. And you know that specifically that's... even our family like so I wrote that down actually <clears throat> I said generational sin because yeah. he talked even a part about like 
um, you know, when people say like, oh, well, I'm an alcoholic just because my dad was an alcoholic and how right. essentially they, that's a load of crap. And yeah. we're putting that stuff off on other people when that's, that's not okay. Like we yeah. have to take responsibility for our own sins, even if they have come in through the generational lines. Right. But I wrote down like generational curses and sins. And, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, he was speaking my language with, with this part. Um, but then even the idols. Like yeah, the, the idol part was was brutal. Like basically, um, long story short, like Gideon's father was um, was someone who was a priest of Baal. Was a priest of Baal, and and yeah. Baal was the um, the god of fertility. Which, and it's funny he put it really well. Essentially, if you follow and worship Baal, then you'll be okay. Like right. you'll have crops, you'll have health, you'll have children. But yet, anyone who followed Baal didn't have any of those things. Right. Yeah. So, like, why they didn't catch on, I don't know. And the big but... deal about the in, in, in application of the harvest was that at the time, the Israelites, yes. they would sow, yeah. they would tend, they would do all the right things, and then at like harvest plunder. time, the Midianites and the Amalekites would yeah. come in and take all their stuff. Yeah. So they did all the work, and they never got to enjoy the their harvest. Yeah. And so we we come on the scene with Gideon threshing wheat in a wine press, which makes no sense when he put context right. to it. Like, like it's 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 the most backwards way of doing right. that. And possible. and essentially he was doing it because he was trying to hide his mm-hmm. harvest from those who would want to steal it from him. Yeah. And so that is the context in terms of, you know, sometimes we we do all of the work. We we sow yeah. and we sow the right things and we tend it and we do everything right and then all of a sudden our harvest just gets snatched yeah. away from us. And and he's talking about how sometimes that just happens and it stinks and yeah. there's no rhyme or reason for it. It just it just is. But sometimes, but sometimes <laughs> It's because of generational curses and yeah. sins and, and your idols. own sins and your own your yeah. own judgments and yeah your own bales like right essentially place a question of what are um, the bales in your life right and so you know he he asked Gideon to go and tear down, tear down the the altar to Baal mm-hmm. and set up an altar a proper altar to yeah. the Lord but she did a good job of after that making a point of if you're gonna be an altar terror downer you might not be loved yes yes <laughs> i wrote that down because he said where did he say um it was like close to the end yes like essentially you're going to stir up crap and like be prepared yeah like you're not going to be the popular guy probably no. so just be prepared because yeah. like they were when he did that everyone was like go get gideon kill yeah. him like yeah. he just You're pissed yeah um but it was at that time that his dad yeah. was like set free. His dad got free. And yeah. and said, Hey, listen, if if Bale's the dude, then let him fight with Gideon yeah. over the situation. Yeah. Um so it was it was definitely a, a reckoning. And this is I mean, this is so good. Idle wrecking, it so happens, has a butterfly effect. One war of liberation in Gideon's backyard reverberates until the whole nation is living free. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's to me, that's the most powerful statement yeah. that I've read in this book so far. It started with his father. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, that's backwards. I mean, our parents should yeah. be 
helping set us free or set us up for freedom. But, <laughs> um, you know, here Gideon is being able to bring freedom to his father. Yeah. And then a whole nation. Something else that he wrote, which I just, it's like one of my favorite things about the Bible is that like Gideon was from the weakest tribe Mm. and he was the weakest member of his family in the weakest tribe. Therefore he was the like least possible choice that you would ever choose to free a nation yet. Like that's so God, Mm. God's continuing to choose people that don't really make any sense to, to free people and to bring about, you know, change and yeah. And I love that because it gives us ragamuffins. So, yeah. So I love hope. that about, I don't know if you guys have read, Sam Williamson wrote something called, I think it's, Is Sunday School Destroying Our Kids? Oh, well, we've talked about this before. And he basically talks about the moralization yeah. of biblical characters yeah. and how we've made them be these like heroes who like did everything right. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to emulate that. Yeah. Rather than the truth that they're all really messes and God uses them anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And oftentimes he lets them make crappy mistakes. Yeah. You know, I think, and I think, I mean, I don't know, I don't presume to know God's, you know, mind, but part of me thinks that it really is to give us an example to look at and be like, okay, well, he committed murder and adultery, so maybe my sin is so far-fetched that he won't forgive me. Right, and if if God can use someone like that, then... and and use me. Then he can use me, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think when he started talking about idols, that really hit me. Um, Because he he specifically says idols are trusting in something other than God. Yeah. Trusting in God frees us to thresh on threshing floors instead of wine presses. Um, but when we're trusting in idols, we don't give God that freedom mm-hmm. to um, come in and make sure our harvest isn't getting stolen from us. Um, and this is what kind of makes me feel like fall is probably where I am. Because I was talking to you guys about when we were talking about breaking agreements and how I realized that I had <clears throat> made an agreement. And then also, like, along with that agreement came some idolatry mm-hmm. where I had placed the opinion of someone in spiritual authority over the opinion of God in a situation. And it wasn't until I broke those agreements and repented mm-hmm. for that idolatry that things, like, took a huge shift. And I feel like that is when... Yeah. Things started like hmm. flooding in and I I feel like for a couple of years I've been having Midianites and Amalekites oh, um yeah. like robbing me of my harvest even though I've been trying to do like trying to sow the right things and tend and and things like that that and by breaking those agreements and by repenting of that idolatry, like the Lord freed me to thresh mm. on a threshing floor instead of a wine press. Mm. And um, I think it's interesting how he talks about the Midians like today represent whatever's yeah. in our lives that keep us from bearing fruit. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, and I, there's a study... I think it was Kay Arthur's study like years ago that I read on the Amalekites and how 
Um, they are a type of they are a type and shadow of the flesh. So like whenever the Amalekites are mentioned, you can replace them in that situation with your flesh mm-hmm. and get the picture of what's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And so it's interesting because this is the, the Midianites and the Amalekites. So it was Midianites were representative of those things that are stealing from us and whether that's idolatry or whatever. The Amalekites are our flesh, where we're doing it to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, because the Amalekites were direct descendants of Esau, right? Who sold his birthright, yeah, for fleshly hunger, and so like, there's this whole theological thing about the Amalekites being a type and shadow of the flesh. So anytime I hear Amalekites, I'm like, ah, flesh. So anyway, I I definitely felt like this was confirmation of the idolatry that I had thankfully been shown that I was in by the Lord. And then the product of that being a harvest, I think. It's the only thing that kind of makes me feel like it's fall instead of spring. Where? Where was that part of worship that you sent? I mean, I just uh, on worship, on praise. I mean, oh. he talks about how, like in Canada, it was a quote. It's not. I mean, it was a huge section, but. Um, Yeah, how offering praise is is another like facet of being in fall. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember that. And I think it was <laughs> I think it was before here. And I think part of it is to like essentially fatten up because you yes. know when winter does come, we will have enough to make it through. Yeah, which was initially my freak yeah, out right, right. when I read this. Yeah, because winter's coming if we're in fall. Winter's coming. Yeah. And I lost it. Yeah, the Lord revealed a lot of fear yeah. <laughs> that I had. Um, so yeah, that that one that one little section where he talks about the purpose of fall is to feast, mm-hmm. to fatten up for winter, for, winter, yeah. for the lean times. Right. And my mind was like, no, no more lean times, no, I can't do it. Um. So yeah, that I'm very aware of that that you're referencing. Yeah. Did you feel like the Lord was pointing out any like things that are that might be in the way of fruit bearing? You know, I think I like Yes, I mean but I don't think, like, it's funny how sometimes the Lord works for me is, like, a couple days before, whatever, you know, the realization, he'll, he'll deal with it. So then I get to the realization of it, and, you know, like you showed me. But, yeah, just in seeing Dr. Smiley last week and realizing that there's a lot of places, like, I'm, I'm taking on Jesus' job and taking mm-hmm. on some burdens that were never meant for me. Right. But in the, you know, in the control aspect and in the... Um, you know, the wanting things to be this way, like I'm robbing Jesus of what he can actually do. 
And so, you know, been repenting of that and, um, and, and just people pleasing. But those, I mean, those are the big, the first things that probably came to mind with that. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And even just in terms of like Gideon and his father, I mean, they would rather please the people Mm -hmm. than do what was right. Um, Yeah. Um, trying to find, trying to find something. Yeah. I don't remember what I was going to find. Um, so what are, like, what are your thoughts, like, of ways that the Lord might be inviting you to either not so in the sinful nature or so to the spirit so a couple things and there's some that keep reverberating over and over um be faithful in the small things Mm. (laughs) and you know i I will put you in charge of of money Mm. but that being faithful in the small is how we hear his voice Mm -hmm. and so it's it's almost not even in the let's do new things but hey Let's do things I've already told you to do. Yes. Where's that quote? Because there was... Oh, I don't remember. I couldn't remember if that was from that or the sermon today that we heard. But... No, there was a... And it might have been from a different chapter, but where he was like, go back and do... Which, of course, we've talked oh, about that, before. That was one of the... It was one of the excerpts. Was the it? The time-ins. I think it was one of the time-ins. Okay. Where it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go back and mm-hmm. do what God's asked you. What to God's do. already asked you to do. Yeah. Um, he says that one of the activities he recommends for fall is memorizing large portions of the Bible. Yeah, I was so excited by that. Yeah, Kelly. That was very convicting. Was it? Yeah. Why are we not? Why don't I do that? That sounds so, very daunting. It's hard enough for me to read the Bible. Yeah, but then it is so beautiful when you like, oh. hear something that well that you can, and the Lord will bring it back to your mind. Like yeah. it does, you reap the harvest of that. That's true. I, I can remember, like, there are, we had to memorize Hebrews 11, and like, when I was wow. in middle school. And like, the Lord does, like, wow. there, it's because it's in there, it's something mm. that He, like, will call to my mind that, yeah. like, how many other <laughs> verses am I missing out on? Because I just haven't taken the time to, like, really. Yeah. Come in. It is daunting. That was it was very convicting and daunting. Yeah. That's um memorization is not my strong suit anymore. <laughs> it used to be. But not anymore. But I definitely I mean I think some of my early discipleship um was heavily um There was there was a lot of um, accountability involved in a in a different way that I would necessarily prefer accountability now that I understand things a little bit differently, and it was you know you have to memorize this scripture, you have to meet with your accountability partner, and you like you need to confess your sin to them, and you need to like say whether you're reading a certain amount a day or praying for like an hour a day. Um, and like, those are, those are the things that you 
like you check off your list and you you are now accountable you've been held accountable and um there was i mean there was a phrase that was said that that sticks with me and it was like you need somebody who can get in your face like that's that's what you need for accountability someone who will get in your face <clears throat> and that's what Jesus did a lot of the time right and 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 the lord like that was sarcasm. Yes, I know. <laughs> so, like, years ago, the Lord was talking to me about the term for the Holy Spirit, paraclete, which means to come oh. alongside. And he was like, Rochelle, it's really hard to get in someone's face when you're coming alongside them. Mm. And that's what I do. I come alongside. So, there are a lot of disciplines or, like, spiritual rhythms. rhythms yeah. <laughs> That for a long time left a really bad taste in my mouth because of my early discipleship. And I'm just now getting to a place where those things are starting to be redeemed and are appealing. But one of them that's still a little triggery is memorizing scripture. Like I have to admit, like that one I'm like, <laughs> like and it, it shouldn't be, but it was one of those things like you like if you're in if you're in leadership, then you have to meet with this person and you have to say that you memorized the scripture and you read it like all this stuff and it was all like what I learned was either to be completely addicted to performance and approval addiction or get really good at lying yeah. <laughs> because there was no, like that, like that doesn't inspire relationship with the Lord. It inspires you to perform well or lie yeah. because you are failing. And then if you lie about it, then you deal with I shame and guilt. If you perform, then you are in a whole other mess. Mm. For a really long time until you break that addiction to performance and approval. Um, so yeah, memorizing scripture is a little triggery. Mm-hmm. I need to I need to talk to the Lord about that because <laughs> when you said that I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, right now I just listen to scripture a lot. But I I should probably memorize it. But not because someone's going to get in my face. Because you get to. Because I get to. And it's not because there are people all over the world, Chriselle, who don't even have Bibles. And look at you. You don't even read it for an hour a day. How dare you? (laughs) Those must be the people that don't have any bread. (laughs) Like the bread I rubbed on the floor. The bread that you rubbed on the floor. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I would have given it to them if they were there. It's true. She offered it to me. I did. I would have given I, it to I feel like anyone who wanted it. But if it was between it the trash <laughs> and me, it was going in the trash. And to make it successfully to the trash, it needed to be rubbed on the floor. And sure. then have tea poured on it. It did. It was getting yeah. dicey. Um, Tammy, when you said about being faithful with the little things... Mm-hmm. Um, I looked back at my sermon notes from Bishop Ron's sermon, and he did say, um, when he was talking about Simeon, yeah, and saying, yeah. if you're being told that you will live until the Messiah comes, you expect to see him come in his glory, mm-hmm. not as an infant. But because Simeon did the little things, he was able mm-hmm. to discern the Messiah as a baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and that's like he made that point you know of, of its training like being yeah. faithful right. I was out walking probably two or three months ago and we had a new neighbor and I hadn't gone and met her which sounds a trivial but I was walking by her house and the Lord said you know go meet her and I'm being like I don't want to I just worked out like I'm gross and I heard the Lord say be faithful in the little things this is this to you might be a little thing but what if it's a big thing to me mm-hmm. so I was like oh I don't get to decide what's big and what's little like I'm just gonna do what you tell me to do even if it seems small knowing that like that's how I hear your voice like that's and that actually happened to me today Lord said something very <coughs> very specific and I did it and it was incredible because the Lord came in really big ways and all I had to do was just say okay yeah it was pretty simple but now like my big victory in today is sweet I heard his voice and I did it right you know because a lot of the time we do question like whose voice are we hearing like is that the Lord is that but this the way it happened today it was so specific it was 100% the Lord Mm -hmm. and fruit came from it so that's awesome those are like the little things yeah so and then when Bishop Ron said it in the sermon this week it was just like like I keep hearing this every every couple weeks that be faithful in the small things. Yeah. So, yeah. I had that conversation with someone this week too, who she's a pretty new believer and, um, she has previously at times gotten through classwork by cheating and has felt convicted not to do that. And, uh, which is awesome. That is awesome. And, really cool. um, she was having difficulty in a subject and was considering dropping the class. And she's like, well, I can either drop it or I can cheat. And I was like, oh, mm. <clears throat> there's probably other options. <laughs> and, um, and there's nothing else I can do. <laughs> um, and then like a few minutes later, she texted me and she's like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. I just don't understand why my professors are so nice to me. But I just told him I didn't understand it, and he gave me extra time. And I was like, listen, like, the Lord is rewarding you Mm. for obeying him in this thing. And the truth is, this matters because soon there will be bigger things for you to obey. And harder things for you to obey. And this is practice. For that yeah. and so I mean, it was a very um it was a cool conversation yeah. with someone who's walking out what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in the context of being a college student and mm. struggling mm. um and everybody else cheats so why not oh. cheat and you know that's just what you do and so it was cool because we got to have a conversation about um you know, the Lord, the Lord is rewarding you. Like that professor didn't have to give you extra time, but you obeyed. And so the Lord's rewarding you immediately mm-hmm. because he's training you. Like when we're training yeah. a puppy, yeah. <laughs> you know, we we're training them to sit. Like if, if their butt even goes a quarter of an inch closer to the floor, you give them a treat, you know, because you're working on 
small approximations, small approximations of behavior. So Can you tell we're ISI instructors who use behavioral theory. Oh, right. I was like, is this a phrase? Yeah, I, I didn't know someone yeah, was training a dog. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. Small approximation. <laughs> yeah. Right at the edge of my tongue. Like, it was right there. Same thing. So, with behavioral theory, you are constantly looking for small approximations of a desired behavior, and you reward it immediately. So, in our with early... Candy, Anything. Mm-hmm. Clicker, a candy. Right. Whatever. A treat. Like, if Nachos. you're a dog, if you're a kid who's learning to swim, you get... Lots of support. Lots of support. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Lots of touch. Big support. Yeah. Look. Yeah. So... I'm showing things with my hands that you can't see if you're listening. <laughs> but I think that that's what the Lord's doing with this person. You know, it's that early training phase oh. where he's saying... Yes, that's it. Here's your reward. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's it. Here's your reward. But then as you become farther, as you're farther along in the training process, you get fewer rewards mm-hmm. and the behavior is expected to incrementally yeah. improve So before you get rewarded. So I think it's the Lord's grace mm-hmm. initially when we're learning some obedience and learning to be faithful in the small things that there's that that graciousness of that instant reward yeah for that but my caution to to this person was you need to understand this is god's grace for now yeah yeah there will come a time Mm -hmm. when it's harder and you might not get a reward yeah you might just have to obey well and i think what we we struggle with as christians and you know we talk about this a lot at, at river cross but like we want god to do things for us that he wants us to do for ourselves right. and so you do as a christian you do get to that point of like why isn't god responding to this when right. god's like because you can do it i've given you the authority yeah. and the power to do it yourself yeah. and i think that that's a really big crossroads yeah for us as christians yeah and i think early on he's so so gracious with us yeah it's like when you're training your kid to go to the bathroom and you have the the stupid m&ms on the counter and every time they pee they get an m&m or a sticker or whatever eventually you expect them to pee without an m&m it's like you can stop giving them the m&ms at some point (laughs) (laughs) also um my child could hold his urine and then just let a little bit out Mm. Get an M&M. Oh, Two minutes later, so a little smart. bit out. Genius. Get an M&M. Two minutes later, yeah, until he was like completely oh, hyped Ricky. up on sugar and I had to rethink my life. Yeah. <laughs> it was intense. You win. Wow. <laughs> I know. That was intense. Yeah. I had to actually, I had to actually buy toys. Yeah, now I like always go the route of toys and I feel like parents are thankful. Like in homeschool co-op, yeah. if I'm going to do any kind of like classroom thing where you can have Unless a competition or whatever. If it's slime, yeah. I'll kill it's you. not gonna be slime. It's gonna be like erasers or pencils Ooh, or sticky hands. And the kids are like super thrilled and the parents are my friend. Right. It's good. Cool. But we still give kids for swim lessons. We give them yeah, cookies. They haven't eaten for two hours. Where they come we together. send them away with cookies and they lollipops. need little carb load. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've earned it. Okay, also, though, I think that the point needs to be made that community and having the people in your life who are able to see from the outside what the Lord is doing 
mm. is really huge in this too because like yeah. in that instance with your college friend mm. if if there wasn't someone there to say do you see mm. Mm. you yeah. might have been missed like yeah. there's so many it's times that we probably miss yeah the rewards and that's the way true. that the lord's being really kind to us yeah and it, and like i mean i texted the person like you should stop and actually thank him for rewarding mm. you like this is big this is a big deal yeah mm. yeah i think i mean it it is helpful even like having you say kelly say no i think you're in fall like it's it's mm. when you get the perspective yes. of people who are kind of bystanders it's helpful for sure So fall, fall. harvest, sowing and reaping, expectancy, expectancy, <clears throat> possible idolatry if you're not reaping the harvest that you've sown. Um, freedom, freedom. Yeah, good times. Good times. All right. Well. Thanks for joining us, and that was a loud clink. <laughs> that was a loud clink. <laughs> Till next time.